Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Gage Spees is quite the renaissance band, to say the least. Starting out right outside Albuquerque, New Mexico, he found out he loved screaming metal, riding bulls, and eventually making awesome, custom, one-of-a-kind beaver, rabbit, sometimes even mink felt hats. He's also taken up the cause to help our veterans returning home from around the world in a program he describes in this podcast. From Billy Gibbons to Diplo to Post Malone to a ton of the Black Rifle guys and gals, and maybe even yours truly, he's made some whip-ass hats, and he gets around. Like I said, here's Renaissance man, Gage Spees. All right, Gage Spees. What's up? Hat maker to the taste maker. That's what I call you. <laughs> I dig it, dude. <laughs> Can you hear me good? Is this all right here? Yeah, man. Perfect, perfect. Yes, sir. Look at that. You actually know how to use a microphone. You must be a singer or something. I've had a little bit of practice. <laughs> well, you were, before we get to hats and stuff, you were born outside of Albuquerque. Yeah. Are you from a musical family? Was it just you? No, not at all. Yeah, just me. Just me. Uh, my dad was a, was a logger and deep sea fisherman uh, up in the P&W. So in he a- used to go you know, cut timber up in Oregon. Oh, my gosh. And then you know, do, do deep sea fishing in Alaska. Yeah. And then we moved out to uh, my mother. My mother's a, a pastry chef. She's a baker. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, so she still lives out there. My dad lives in New Mexico okay. and works in the base. He's a, a laser diagnostics technician now. So, I was going to go into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty easy field, I guess, you know? <laughs> All the kids are doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But man, yeah, he just like builds lasers and doesn't have a college education. Uh, man. I think he went to night school for like six months or something like that. But I mean, his pictures hang in the Smithsonian Museum, you know? Yeah. So, I'm insanely ignorant. Does he work for NASA? Does he work? Is he a freelance laser guy? No, he <laughs> works for a, a company called Sandia National Laboratories. Okay, so it's on the base out there in Albuquerque, okay. on Kirtland Air Force Base. And I'm just turned 31, so he's been working out there for 30 years. Man, yeah, yeah, humble dude, man. Just like drives a pickup, watches NASCAR. He's one of those guys. That yeah, if, just, if you didn't know, you didn't know. His man. Picture was in the Smithsonian. Yeah, he wouldn't tell you. And he, does, yeah, he ain't gonna tell you at all either. You know what I mean? But you know, you like, hey, dude, so and so came in the shop, and he's just like, no way. Did you get a picture? I'm like, right. well, Dad, I can't really do that. At my job. <laughs> I need him to come back. You know, I gotta get a picture. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. So, so you're not from a musical family, mm-hmm. and your your music that I've heard from uh, Speak of Wolves. Yeah. It's not exactly for the faint of voice. How no. did you figure out you could go from sweet melodic gauge to <laughs> screaming the paint off the walls <laughs> in the same song? I mean, how do you how do you figure that out? Well, I can tell you the first. I remember the first time I was in my buddy's bedroom. This dude named uh, J.D. Harding. He's a fantastic musician, man. He's go- he goes by J.D. Nash, which is his middle okay. name, and um, he's uh, he's now a school teacher, but he just 
just crushes it, man. He just every summer puts some songs out, you know, and he just plays around some of the breweries in Albuquerque and stuff like that. But he's just one of the most talented dudes you ever met. And so he dated a girl in the little church that I grew up with, right? In um, he dated a girl, and he was a cool guy, had long hair, played in a local band, right? Called Wasted Duration, sickest band name <laughs> in the world. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so there's um, so many band names like on Octane and stuff. I could just go, what? Yeah, whatever happened to like freaking Van Halen or ACDC? Yeah. Or I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So he was a little bit older than I was. Um, like when I was in middle school, he was in college, okay. right? And um, you know, he, he lived out kind of towards the same town I did. We grew up in kind of the same town. Anyways, his for his birthday or whatever, they're playing a playing a show in his bedroom at his house, right? So I'm there with a bunch of like, at the time I was like, you know, I was in elementary school and I met him. So I'm like, you know, I don't know, fifth grade, hanging with a bunch of high schoolers and right. just like playing this show in his room, man. It's just cool rock and roll, you know? <laughs> and so um, he was sitting there and he's playing Earth Crisis. Are you familiar with Earth Crisis? Yeah. yeah so he's playing Earth Crisis. He's playing Gamora Season Ends. He's like, hey, Gage, you should try to like scream this, dude. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Earth Crisis, man, here. And he showed me Earth Crisis. And I was like, I think I could do that. And he's like, just try it. And so I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, right? I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. And I was, uh, I was 14. Uh, I was like 14? I was probably 13, actually. I don't know, around that age. Anyways, I uh, just started trying and trying and trying. And then he started introducing me to like all these bands. He's like, hey, dude, uh, Refused, Norma Jean. As Lay Dying, Under Oath, like Snapcase, all these really cool hardcore bands. And then I st- it kind of started with, uh, hey, man, you want to come to the show? So my, I would get out of school on a Friday. This is a middle school. Um, my mom would drive me to Albuquerque, and my dad would give me uh, 40 bucks, right? 20 bucks for food. Right. And then like 10 bucks to get in the show, 10 bucks for a t-shirt. Yeah. And I'd spend the whole weekend in Albuquerque with JD. Man. And we would just, every weekend you'd go to shows. I mean, I saw, I saw between the Barry and me play with nodes of Ranvier on a stage 12 inches tall at a place called the attic. Like right when, are you familiar with between the Barry and me? Yeah. So it's right when silent circus came out. Like it was incredible. Right. So I've seen all these bands you know, that now are monstrous yeah. career metal musicians. And I saw a lot of them, you know, play on, on a floor or, you know, a very minimal stage. Man, you, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, in Phoenix area, I know, I didn't know much about Albuquerque, but Phoenix is a huge metal town. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of started kind of screaming and doing my thing. And then, like, the lead singer at JD's band quit and they're like gage can you you should sing and i was like okay and i was literally in eighth grade and these dudes are all this time they're all in college and i was practicing with them and we got to do a show and it was a house show and um my parents let me do the show but they told jd i had to leave immediately after our set because it's a it's a house party right but i would dude i was like it's gonna go till eight in the morning yeah you know and i but i was like (laughs) 14, 15 playing this house show. I mean, it was awesome, dude. You know, and then from there, I just started going to shows, right? And meeting bands, and it kind of just went on from there. So I'm so ignorant of how 
physically to do that. Because mm-hmm. I, I literally mean that. You go from zero to whip ass in about two words. Yeah. And is there – do you have to have that sort of voice to figure out how to do that? Can you learn how to do that? Can you teach somebody to do that? Yeah, yeah. I actually I used to do vocal lessons okay. when I first went to Nashville like 10 years ago. Man. And so just kids like my band, I was like, yeah, I'll do vocal lessons. And so it kind of helped me kind of pay my way when I was yeah. not on tour, you know. But I literally, man – if you were stabbing me in the back with a knife, I'm going to sound the exact same as I sound <laughs> on my record. <laughs> I'm just screaming, man. But I've been doing it for so long. It's just, it's, it's a muscle, right? It's right. like you play guitar long enough, right? I don't really play guitar at all, Yeah. but I know scales. Sure. If you hand me a guitar, I can go do, 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 do. Yeah. I can do that no matter what, because I've done it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I can't play a song worth a lick, but I can do scales. Right. So you have that. It's the same thing with your throat, right? It's muscle it's, memory. It's muscle memory. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know. So, so when you would play a, a whole show, were you just hoarse as crap afterwards, or is it just, hey, how you doing? No, no, it was great. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go. You know, I did, I did vocal warm ups, of course. You know, because yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a shock to your system, obviously, yeah. right? But yeah, we go in the van, put in our little vocal warm up thing, and me, the bass player and guitar player, you know, Sledge and Swampy. So, <laughs> Their real names are Seth and uh, and Andrew, but you know when they get a little party time comes yeah. out, we know yeah. they all got the nicknames, you know. So, so, is alcohol a bad idea for your voice because it numbs your vocal cords? I've always wondered about that. Um, sometimes we just do a little shot of whiskey before yeah. I'm on stage, like just to you know whatever. I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I, learned, the- I learned the hard way of like I, I drank a beer on stage with me one time, and I just couldn't stop burping, and it was the worst oh. thing ever. Because I mean, we go like balls yeah. to the wall. I mean, it's like I climb on ceiling rafters and like drop off, you know, 10 <laughs> feet over the crowd and I, you know, I stand go, up and burp. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stamping like, Oh God, I'm a throw up. You know what I mean? This, is a, this Lone Star was a bad move, you know? <laughs> Sorry, Texas. <laughs> Give me warm milk. Yeah. That's, that's going to help my tummy. Yeah. Your tummy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Texas. So you, I mean, did you start writing or were you just screaming other people's songs or what did you do? Yeah, I've always... I guess JD must have had a bunch of songs already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he played in a band called The Eden Catastrophe and I got to do a couple shows with them, right? And that was like my big moment, you know? Um, And no, I I would write all my own lyrics back then and because I was so... I've always loved reading. Uh, My parents like really duped me into that one because they'd be like, hey, you read a book... (laughs) I'll give you six bucks for yeah. every book you read. I was like, okay, sweet. So I start off like, you know, Jack London, A Ground Poe, right? Like all the things you kind of do. Algebra when, 101. Yeah, you know, the fun <laughs> stuff. So I was doing that. Um, and then the more and more I listen to hardcore music, because it's like my thing was, you can't really understand what they're saying, first off. Yeah. And then, so I would just you know, go to darklyrics.com and I could read all the lyrics that these bands wow. were doing, you know? So I really, really got into writing. Like I was like, Oh man, that is like, that is so cool. Like what they're singing about. I love these lyrics. Yeah. Like I want to write lyrics like that. Um, and so songs that like really moved me, I kind of cheated like a total plagiarism for sure. But when I was younger, I would just get a notebook and listen to it. And I'd write down what I thought think i thought they they said okay before you checked it out before i checked okay. it out right and then i don't know it's like it's like a he's like homework i go compare notes you know i'm like oh i was way off but i'm like <laughs> well they didn't say this 
So I could use this. He wrote down, he's telling me he likes me in plaid, and he enjoys my mother's lasagna. This is really a weird song, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I always loved poetry growing up. And even now, I'm a huge, you know, Mary Oliver fan, and, you know, I read read poetry all the time, man. You know, it's just kind of... Kind of my zen, I guess, you know, but I'm a big lyrics guy. Music's awesome, but it's like, to me, lyrics are everything, but so, that's because I'm a writer. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you came to Nashville, yeah. did did country lyrics do anything for you? Or Albuquerque's got great country stations. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of 90s country. Like, okay. I was raised on 90s country, okay. right? Like, it was like Christian music <clears throat> and 90s country mm-hmm. was like all I could listen to. So when I found like, all these hardcore bands, they're like Christian bands, right? right. Air quote, Christian band. I was yeah. like, I can listen to this. They're Christians, yep. you know, whatever. Yep. So that was my way of kind of getting around it. Um, but yeah, I love, I love a lot of country lyrics, man. Um, I'm a huge like Ryan Bingham fan. Yeah. You know, Sturgill. Um, but then dude, it's like, again, I love nineties, like Brooks and Dunn and Mark Chestnut. Like oh, I love all that stuff. Yeah. You know, so I mean, when you're on tour, kind of skipping a little bit, but like when you're on tour and all you hear about is a bunch of teenagers complaining about their parents every yeah. night when they're screaming, like with a zero one three breakdown and a blast beat all the time, it's like, dah, 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 you know, whatever. <laughs> it gets really old. Yeah. So I just started listening to like opposite stuff. Absolutely. So I was just, it was always country music and, you know, I love like old Rascal Flats and stuff like oh, that. Dude. You know, it's, you know. No, I totally love that because I would work country music all day or write it, and then I'd get in my car and I'd have to crank some Pantera yeah. as loud as I Cowboys could. From hell. Dude, it just it it was kind of the the ginger in in your sushi. It kind of mm-hmm. cleansed your aural palate. So yeah. that tomorrow morning when I woke up, the country music was all fresh again. Absolutely. So, did you ever like realize that you're taking influences? Oh, from yeah. metal stuff for country. Oh yeah. So when I did my first record, right, it's called "Find Your Worth, Come Home." Mm-hmm. It was my first full length on Solid State. Uh, we were kind of moving more towards a more kind of structured kind of sound in a sense. So we were like wanting some more choruses and stuff. So I listened to Rascal Flats all the time. Yeah, man. Because their choruses are just huge, huge. You yeah. know. So I would just listen to that like in the studio because I couldn't listen to metal because I don't want to draw from those types yeah. of things. Um, excuse me. So yeah, I would just listen. So that was kind of help what write me help me write a lot of structured choruses was was like radio country. Yeah. When uh, somebody showed me Drop D, yeah, and we were just doing country stuff. It's like that's when you if you did the what'd you call it a zero one three or yeah yeah when you do that kind of riff. On an old Martin guitar, and yeah. it still sounds great. You know, you got something good, and when you get into the studio, it's going to sound massive. Yeah, and I freaking love that. Then you go to like play like drop A, and you're like, dear God, what's happening <laughs> to my body? You know, <laughs> demons are about to crawl to the amp. <laughs> How do I keep this in tune? Yeah. <laughs> so, were you in um, to speak of wolves when you came to Nashville? I mean, you were touring, I know, and yeah. you, you came through town. Yeah. So, what made you what made you stay? I just love Nashville. I loved it, man. It was just one of those cities where, mm. you know, your friends here take you to Broadway. Yeah. And it's like, this place is so cool. You know, you go to Roberts. 
Oh, and man. you know, best you, cheeseburger in town. Yeah, you know, or you get you get like the fried bologna sandwich and a PBR, and like, but then you've spent your entire per diem, but it doesn't matter because you're still happy that you're here. Um, <laughs> and you're pretty full. Yeah, and you're full, right? Yeah, and you feel like shit the next morning. Or crap, sorry, um, but uh, yeah, man, I uh, I just loved it. I yeah. loved it. I thought it was great. I thought the city was cool, and I'd always just kind of lived like. Wherever the girl I was dating lived, you know, so I was like, I'm in Texas, I'm in North Carolina, I'm wherever, you know, like wherever her couch is, I'm going to be because I just get off tour and go fly to wherever, whoever I was dating, really, you know, or go back home and see my mom or see my dad. Do laundry and fly back out. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, it was just, I just loved it. I just loved the city and and a buddy, we were getting off a tour and, um, it was, uh, oh, sorry. we were getting off of a tour and my buddy played in a band that I was on tour with that was also on the same record label as me. Okay. And we got pretty close and we were hanging and he goes, yeah, I'm moving, I'm moving to Nashville. I go, You're moving to Nashville. He goes, yeah, man, I'm moving to Nashville. Can I come? <laughs> like, can I move in with you? Do you have a couch? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, dude, let's go. And so we just kept in touch up this tour. And I had been touring, it was three years straight at that point. Ugh. Three years, three maybe? Yeah, three I think. And I mean, I'm 10 months out of the year yeah. on the road. And those two months are not, I don't have two months off. I have a week, I have five days, and then I'm back out. Yeah. And I was just over it. Yeah. we're not making any money. The label's not doing this. Label's not doing that. I'm just kind of over it. So I moved here and the band just kind of went on a hiatus Mm -hmm. for like two years. And then, um, yeah, I kind of did some life stuff Had a real job and I go, this sucks. (laughs) I (laughs) I don't like real life. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) we, we just started touring together, man. Yeah. We started touring again and that's when it was like, you know, enter in the oddball jobs to keep you afloat till you go back out on tour. You know, so many of them. It's so great. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. I heard a comedian talk about one time about why I think, did he move? He he moved somewhere. Where the heck was, but he said he owned a home in LA. Yeah. And he said the last year I lived in LA, I was home 14 days and it was never more than two days in a row. Yeah. And it's just the same kind of thing. Hey, you miss birthdays, weddings, funerals. Everything. Everything. Anniversaries. And, it, and in the back of your mind, you go, well, I'm doing good work, and I'm building a career, Yeah. so it's worth it. Yeah. And then you go, well, here we are three years down the road. We're still driving the same van. Yeah. Still playing the same markets for the same money. Yeah. Is there a softer couch in Nashville? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard, too, because leaving then... You know, I had rent I had to make and, yeah. you know, I, I, my dad didn't pay my cell phone bill anymore. You know, I had to wipe my own ass. So it's like, this is hard. <laughs> did you drive Zamboni? Yeah. Dude. Yeah, that, I did. Was that just scary as crap? At first it was. Was that here in town? I mean, with the, at the, the Preds? It was in Cool Springs at A-Game. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a place that shut down. Yeah. I, I, maybe it's open, so I don't know. I don't know either. Um, yeah, I just, I needed a job and, uh, <laughs> so I, great. I was like a facilities manager first. Like, I don't know how I got the job. I was yeah. just like, needed this job and 
It was very strange. And then the hockey guy, I got along with the hockey guys. Right. Right. They were just the cool dudes. And they love music. Yeah. And yeah. my my old boss, a guy named Tim, he's like from Canada, maple syrup runs in his veins. Right. Bald, missing a tooth because he got hit in the face by a hockey puck. Right. And he trained a lot of the Preds, right? <laughs> like he does one-on-one training, like coaching these Pred guys. Anyways, man. Uh, he's like, hey, why don't you uh, why don't you work for me? And I go, well, you can pay me more money. He goes, how much you make? I don't know, twelve dollars an hour. Or something. He's like, yeah, I'll pay you thirteen fifty. I was like, dude, sold. Like I sold my soul, right? So I was still going to the same. So I walked to my boss's office. Hey, dude, I quit. Okay, it's fine. Okay, cool. And then walk over to Tim's office. Hey, dude, I can start tomorrow. Okay, great. And I was coming back to the same building, the same sports facility. I was just working the hockey side. And your old boss is going. It's like, what Tim, the hell, man, like, yeah, Tim, dude, yeah, yeah, dude. exactly. Um, but yeah, those dudes were great, and they let me go tour, and they didn't care. You know, I was like, hey, man, yeah, sure, get your shift covered. I'm like, well, my, I need my shift covered for two months. <laughs> right. Like, I'm gone, you know? And by the way, during those two months, don't call my cell phone. Yeah. It's not on. Yeah. How'd you get into making hats? I used to uh, rodeo in high school. I was a bull rider. And, of course uh, you were. Yeah. Those are my spurs right there. Really? Yeah, and the bull rope on the table there that no one can see. Okay, I saw that. Yeah, that's my bull rope. That's like my actual, this is all my gear from Dang. Yeah, from rodeos. Uh, so I just, you know, I had a buddy teach me to shape hats over a tea kettle, teapot. Oh, yeah. And uh, we do it before dances or do it before bull ridings, you know, or early before school, whatever, just kind of, you know, get all fixed up. And then uh, go ride some bulls, man. So is the plural of bull riding bull ridings? <laughs> yeah, bull ridings, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd you come up with Daisy May? It's my nickname. So a little bit. <laughs> well, Daisy Mays is my Here's a, I'll give you a little backstory on this. So I was working for O Sleeper, right? My favorite band in the world. Mm-hmm. I had to work for them. We're in Oklahoma. We're at this mall. These kids come up to them, and they go, they go, oh, you guys are a sleeper. And the dudes go, yeah, hey, how's it going? Being nice, meeting fans. Yeah. And this kid's like, hey, man, I'm Twitch. The other kid's like, I'm Frostbite. Whatever. They <laughs> introduce their stupid-ass nicknames, <laughs> right? So I'm not saying anything. I'm, I'm 18 at the time. And we leave. We go back in. We go get in the van. We're going to the venue. And I just go, what kind of idiot introduced himself as their nickname? <laughs> Oh, it's up at Dragon. Hey, I'm Wizard. And I go, hey, I'm the Maze. And they all, they all the dudes just go, ah, oh, you're the Maze. And then you get bored on tour all the time, right? So you have to think of new ways to entertain each other yeah. or yourself. So anytime I'd say something like, hey, guys, we have to do this, this, or this, they'd go, whoa, I'm stuck in the maze of my own mind. Like, and it went on for like two hours. Like no one would talk to That's me. Awesome. And every time I said something, they'd do that. And I go, you guys know I have a, a way cooler nickname in bull ride, and everyone called me Young Gun, and it was like on the back of my belt and everything. Oh, cool. And because I went a full eight seconds, the first bull I ever rode. Dang! So my bull riding coach was like, dude, you're Young Gun, like you did it, and that was like, and yeah. I was trying to tell them my nickname is Young Gun. You guys can call me Young Gun, and they go, no, that's no. too cool, right? And they go, you're like, you're not even a gun. You're you're a Red Rider BB gun. And another guy just goes, that's still too cool. You're like a daisy BB gun. You're like a daisy maze. And that's 
Like we're start, that's why I got the name right. So when I was starting this company, I go, all right, Daisy Mays. We're gonna call it Daisy Mays Hack. Daisy Mays Hat Co. Hat Company, which is even weird to say now. Uh, and as I was telling my friends, they go, oh, Daisy May, cool, cool. And I got my consultant. He's like, yeah, Daisy May. And I go, no, Daisy Mays. He goes, uh huh, yeah, okay, yeah, Daisy Mays. <laughs> and after about the fourth person, after I corrected the fourth person, I just go, I think I need to change the name. I think it should just be Daisy May Yeah, because I'm correcting everybody. Yeah. So I just changed it to Daisy May. That's it. Also, like, hey, I got a cool nickname. It's Young Gun. Nobody gets to choose their own no, nickname. No, they don't. That never works. No, or You're going to end up being Batman or something too, yeah. way too cool. Yeah, absolutely right. That's why Apprentice's name is Pony Boy. Exactly. You know, and just one day I just go, okay, Pony Boy. And I go, oh, that there it oh, is. Oh. <laughs> I, I didn't even see that his, coming. I have a hard time when I write his his, his paycheck. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what's what's Pony's real name? Right. Like, I, and my my board, everybody, all the friends that come and hang out, they're like, hey, what's up, Pony? Yeah. Like, no one knows his real name, you know. And and they don't need to. It sucks. It's not Pony Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Pony Boy's the best name ever, man. <laughs> yeah. I was I was never so thankful in my life for a cartoon character than I was for Bartman, Bart Simpson. Yeah, because I was Bart the Fart growing up. <laughs> so, and again, you don't get to change that. No, so, no, that's awesome. So, um, you said something in the interview I read with you. You were talking about fast fashion. Yeah. What is fast fashion? Cheap shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You know, <laughs> it drives me crazy, man. I, I got to think about this one. So here's the thing. I did, I was, uh, I was an apprentice making hats right? okay. for three years. My apprenticeship was truly from hell. Um, but I learned, I learned everything there is no pretty much about hat making. Yeah. And what I didn't know, I sought it out and I, and I figured it out. Yeah. Right. Like I, I made it happen. Um, so you get a lot of people that will go. So what I do is, you know, I take a hat body, I steam it, I block it, I sand it down, I cut it down and I shape it all by hand. Right. Everything gets dyed, trim, whatever. Everything's done by hand. Yeah. Um, I take a lot of pride in my work, right? Yeah. And because I was taught like the old guard kind of right. ways. Do I completely agree with everything those people like that do? No, not at all, right? Some of that stuff is like super boring and it's lame. Well, you got to find your own and way. You, exactly. Yeah. You have to, right? So when I see other people who call themselves hat makers and what they're doing is just buying old Stetsons or old wool hats and just kind of dressing them up. Really? Oh yeah, man. Yeah. There's Gross. a there's a dude downtown, right? He sells wool hats. You should not spend you should not spend over two hundred dollars on a wool hat. Yeah. Because wool falls falls apart. It's yeah. cheap. It falls apart. And you know you get you get some folks, man. They get these wool hats. They decorate them. They do their thing, and they sell them for twelve hundred bucks. Oh my gosh. And it's just like that's insane. It's insane, and I'm a I'm a huge advocate for for education. Yeah, right. Um, the felts that I work with are rabbit and beaver, and I use some mink, like mm-hmm. a mink beaver blend every once in a while, and that's like 
That was the pricey, pricey yeah. ones. You know what I mean? Um, but what I do is, you know, I take a template of your head. I take a measurement of your head and we design your hat together. It's a hundred percent custom. Yeah. Right. If you want a three foot tall, hot pink top hat. Dude, you're reading my mind. I, yeah. It's like, I make it happen, baby. You know what I mean? Like you want a, you know, 10 gallon hat, you know, like cowboy hat. Yeah. We'll go. It'll, it'll, we'll get it. Right. I can do it. Um, so when I see people who are really excited about something like that, uh, like that's something that's just like big on Instagram and there's no education behind it. I feel bad for those people cause they get ripped off Yeah, and it's wrong. Right. Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, but you know what, man, it, again, it's fast fashion. Yeah. So the quicker you rise, the quicker you're going to sputter out and probably collapse. Right. I'm a huge advocate for a slow burn yeah. and a slow build. So what I do with my company is, you know, I built the foundation of my company first. I got, I did all the boring stuff. I did all that first. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's taken care of. And then you can work on what's cool. Right. And then you just grind. Then you just grind your face off, yeah. you know, till there's just nothing left. And when you smile, it's just a skeleton <laughs> with ears, right? Like it's like, eh. <laughs> um, but yeah, the person that buys a $1,200 hat that disappears into fairy dust after mm-hmm. a year, they're not going to buy another $1,200 hat. They won't. They so, won't. And you know, I mean, I don't know. I just feel, it makes me feel bad yeah. for people. Cause I'm like, dude, you're getting ripped off and you don't even know. Yeah. Right. You don't, you don't know. So that's fast fashion, right? Going, getting, you know, jackets and whatnot from yeah, no, the I- secondhand store. And then you paint on them and you're like, this is a $5,000 jacket. It's like, well, no, it's not right. It's a $4 jacket and you threw shit on it. Yeah. <laughs> like ugly shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's just like, man, what a bummer, you know. So if I came into your shop, mm-hmm. which I did, and I went to your or looked at your website and I said, Okay, that that one right there, yeah. I want that. Would you I'm assuming you would, you'd tell me, No, that's not gonna look good on you. And because it's not gonna look good on you, you're not gonna like it and you're not gonna wear it. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. You meet some people that are just like, I have the money, I want it done. Sure. And you're like, Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. And you just put a smile on and let's I'll take your cash baby let's roll right <laughs> so, I got a family to feed Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it but when people ask right hey what goes good my facial structure right the width of my shoulders I wear maybe a lot of um sequins yeah sequins you know or I'm a, I'm a blue jean yeah cowboy boots t-shirt kind of guy or hey man I, I wear I wear chucks, skinny jeans, and a band t-shirt, which is pretty much what I wear every day. Right. Um, or you get some of your business guys. Hey, man, I'm kind of in a suit all day, you know, but I want something, uh, whatever. So, I mean, I've made hats for dudes and women um, that, you know, I make a hat for them, and they keep it in a box in their closet in yeah. a bag year-round, and on their anniversary, they take it out, and guess what? I'm sending a picture every anniversary. Gage, hat's great, man. Thanks. Yep. I'm like, stoked that you're wearing it. Yep. Or I get dudes that, you know, they wear their hats every day, you know? So, I mean, if someone's getting a custom, whatever, I'm happy to be like, hey, I'd maybe go with this shape because of your facial structure. Yeah. You know, or maybe do something like this. And they're like, okay, cool. Sounds good. You know, or or they're like, yeah, I don't care. It's like, great. Well, if you don't care, I don't care. (laughs) Well, do you, how many people buy more than one? 
a lot. Really? Oh, Do yeah. they always try something different when they come back? Sometimes some dudes just like they love the shape they have. Yeah. And they're like, hey man, I want it in uh, today, right? I made a hat for a dude probably three months ago, and I got an email from him this morning. Gage, ready for hat number two. Same shape. I want it uh, this color. Okay. And I want a navy blue bow on the side. I said, great. Here's your invoice. Yeah. Paid. And now he's going to wait a little while while I get to his, <laughs> till I get to his hat. You should put a navy blue boa on it, like one of those feathered boas. Uh, oh, and yeah. just go, oh, I'm so sorry. I misunderstood. Oh, I didn't uh, My bad. <laughs> you look fabulous. That's really <laughs> When you were standing next to uh, Rip Taylor there in Vegas, I really thought it looked great on you. <laughs> so you said today you made a hat. Yeah. Do you mean like you make a hat in a day? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, several hours, several hours. Sometimes it's longer, right? Because yeah. I dye hats too. Right. So, I mean, that, I can't just dye a hat and then while it's sopping and wet, throw it on a block and get sure. to work. I gotta wait for it to dry. You know, there's a camo hat in the kitchen that I can show you. Oh, I wanna see that. And I've been, I've been dying that for. A week straight, just to fill it up and do the whole thing. Dude's like, I want a camo cowboy hat. I was like, Hell yeah, you do, man. Let's make it happen. So I'm making. <laughs> Hell a, yes, you do. Making a camo cowboy hat, but when it gets down to you know like the meat and potatoes of it, I mean, I can. It's like five hours, five hours. Man. So yeah, yeah. What's the craziest thing you ever did to a hat? Ever did to a hat? Yeah. Either ordered or just in your own mind. I dyed one with coffee. Oh, I like that. I bet yeah. it looked awesome. Yeah, it was sweet. It was for Black Rifle. Okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, I did a photo shoot for Black Rifle, and uh, I was like, I got to make something cool just for this photo shoot. And uh, I put their reticle logo. Yeah. Right. I put that on the side, and then I brewed. What was it? <laughs> I brewed Gunship, which is like their darkest, or one of the darkest roasts they have. Right. So I brewed about two gallons of gunship and just poured it all over the hat. And I thought you were going to say, like, you used Death Wish because you didn't want to waste their, yeah. you know, Black Rifles coffee. I get it for free now. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Dude, I bet that smells awesome, too. And every time you sweat, it smells even better. Yeah, well, I don't know. I gave the hat away to a girl that worked at Black Rifle. Oh, really? Because I can't sell it. It has their logo on it. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of weird for me to walk around the Black Rifle. Right. I mean, I'd love to, right? But yeah. you know, it's just not my not my my thing. T-shirt um, or a ball cap, but I always rock their shirts, man. Yeah. I love those guys. They've they they've all been very uh, compassionate and very generous to me and my company. I love the uh, the veteran aspect of their company. Yeah, because I've done a lot of USO stuff and and a lot of stuff with veterans, and I love I love that aspect of their company. It's awesome, man. I was actually really inspired by them. I went out there a few months back, and I did like their free range podcast with Evan. And I'm making, I made oh, Evan yeah. a hat. I've made Matt Best a hat. Logan, Logan got a hat. Um, but uh, it inspired me to start my own veteran program here. Really? That we're rolling out. Yeah, we're gonna roll it out next month. That's and awesome. It's called uh, It's called Heavy Lies the Crown Operation Heavy Lies the Crown. Oh, that's cool. So we got this cool design. I'll show it to you. And uh, we're having all local vets come in one a month. They're going to come in. We're going to film. We're going to treat them to lunch and dinner. And they're going to make their own hat. And then oh, they'll man. be on the podcast and share their story, you know, which is really, which I'm really, really excited about. But 
Chris Hunt, who's known as uh, Lazzy Fair on on Instagram. Okay, he's the head designer at Black Rifle. Killer artist, man. He worked for DC and Marvel. Filson. He's just great. And um, so when I was there in Salt Lake, Evan goes, "Chris, this is Gage. Gage owns a hat company, and he needs T-shirts." And Chris is like, "Uh, well, uh, okay." And we're like, "Uh, hey, how's it going, dude?" And then we just ended up being really great friends. Yeah. Right? We're now. I just I consider him a good friend of mine. You know. Uh, one of those dudes that you call like every two weeks and you spend like an hour on the phone yeah. with because just catching up and it's just, it's like, Oh my God, we've been on the phone for an hour. I, I gotta go. You yeah. know what I mean? Like whatever. Um, but he drew the, my logo, the, the rabbit. Yeah. I right? love that. And he drew it with, uh, the tack helmet on okay. with the quad tube, like night vision of the cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It's awesome. And, um, so we're going to print those shirts and you only get the shirt. If you do the program, That's like I'm never so going to, cool. I'm never going to sell them. It's just yeah. going to be just for that. You know, so I'm really excited I've done a about bunch it. of stuff where we write songs with veterans cool, and man. that sort of therapy. We had guys, it was at sometimes they start reliving stuff and it's, it's a little dicey. Oh yeah. And obviously it's not their fault. Yeah. But one guy, after we wrote a song about his experience, he was outside and we heard him crying because we got done late at night. And he yeah. and it's like, dude, we've got to go check on him. Yeah. Went outside and he was on his phone to his wife. And crap, I'll probably start crying. He said, what you guys did tonight? He said, I can't tell you how many doctors I've been to, how many psychiatrists, psychologists. What we did tonight helped me more than all of that stuff put wow. together. And it's just because they got they had an outlet for it. And yeah. somebody would listen to him without wanting anything from him. Yeah. Or telling them, you know, what's wrong with you? Yeah. I, I just want to Treat play. them like a human, right? Yeah. And, you know, not being dumb enough to be like, well, have you killed anybody? Right. Oh. It's like, oh, dude, what do you, th- come on. No, man. but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's your name again? Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> well, I should. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I should say, what was your name? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude, just treating those guys like dudes. You know, man, I... That's, that's so cool, man. I've I just that. learned a lot about uh, compassion. Yeah. Really. Like, I mean, you know, Trevor, who works over there at Black Rifle, I don't really know what he does. I mean, he's just always his camera in his hand, and he's just working out all the time. Right. Uh, so he just he looks like Anadonis, right? But he was like old like Navy SEAL guy. <laughs> and we would talk a lot about bow hunting back and forth, and I made him a hat, and then... Dude, when we went up to when I went to Salt Lake, he and I got to hang out and talk and chat, and I was like, "I'm just I'm an annoying dude from Instagram that made you a hat." <laughs> and but man, I love sitting here hanging out with you and just chatting about whatever. You yeah, know, it doesn't matter. And when you meet those dudes and you talk to them, and you kind of figure out that like you come to the realization that like the movies, right? It's like, it's all romantic and sexy and paint your face green and shooting dudes in the face, right? Carry machine gun. It's what everybody, it's what every dude wants to do. Right. But they don't really want to do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, me included, I'm, I'm, I say, I'm one of those guys, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm, I'm good. I don't want to do it. You know, (laughs) I want to be a devil dog. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, no, not really. really. Uh, can you just paint my face green and take my picture (laughs) for Instagram? Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for Halloween, <laughs> for Halloween, yeah, uh, 
yeah, man, you just meet those dudes and, and even like off of a podcast talking to them, right? Yeah. It's like, wow. Wow, man, what you've given up. Right? Yeah. Just it, here, let's just think about this. How about like your your the your brain capacity? Cause now it's filled with memories of stuff that you've seen. And you can't unsee. And you can't unsee it, man. And they live with that, right? They go to bed with it. And here I am, I'm like, no one showed up to my show today. There was only right. four people in Wisconsin. <laughs> Fuck this band. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it's like I don't know if I know I know. Everyone has a hard day. Everyone's yeah. had hard days, right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But there are some folks, it's like, I think my worst day, you know what I mean, is not as bad compared to your oh, worst man. day. It, it just puts a lot of things in check for you, right? Like Half the know. time, my worst day is better than their best day. Yeah, yeah. After you see them. When we were writing up at Fort Campbell with all these guys... I just I was totally ignorant again, and but very respectful. Yeah. And I said, "What's the deal with this room full of these cats?" They said they're either being rehabbed to go back into it, or they're being rehabbed to come out of it. Wow. And so the, all these cats are in different stages of their lives, in different places, and you got to try to figure out how do we write a song with ten guys? Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be hard. <laughs> this is like Menudo with guns. Yeah. This is not good. But yeah, yeah man. That's awesome. That's a special gift because because you're right. I mean, and also it wasn't until semi recently that PTSD was even a thing. Yeah, you know Vietnam vets. Yeah, I never. Well, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and he's uh, he's a Green Beret kind of dude, right? Mm. And uh, he was saying, he goes, you know, man, vets today. He goes, we have it very good. He goes, we have it very good compared to sure. the dudes from Vietnam coming yeah. back because they were being spit on, being called oh, baby man. killer. Yeah. He goes, yeah. I came home, nothing, you know, whatever. I go, I grab a Starbucks coffee and I grab a steak and no one says a word to me, right? They don't know anything, you know, yeah. they don't know anything for it, you know? He goes, and there's a lot of programs that are being developed. He goes, what's sad is that there has to be more nonprofits started to help veterans than the government's yeah. actually helping. And that's kind of like, that's the bummer. Yeah. So mm. chewed up and spit out, man. It's uh, it's it's crazy, you know. You know this. We were laughing a lot until just like right now. I know. <laughs> it's real life, though, baby. <laughs> it is. It is, dude. It really is. It's real. You know. Well, getting back to that. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what got you into shooting? Shooting bows. Yeah. My fiance. Seriously. Yeah, she told me I needed a hobby because all I did was work and hang out with her kids. <sighs> so how great. So how'd you choose bows? Uh. Black rifle. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Do they have a range set up in the shop? They do out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I'd always listen to the black rifle dudes and Joe Rogan and Kim Haynes and, you know, John Dudley from knock on. Yeah. So I listened to a lot of those guys and, um, I was like, man, I think I really want to try this bow thing. And my fiance is like, dude, you should go get a bow. Like let's, let's invest some money, get you a bow. Yeah, they're not cheap. No, they're not cheap. And I didn't know that until I went to buy a bow. And I was like, oh, she goes, did you get it? And I go, I got just the bow. Yeah. And she's like, how much did you spend? I was like, yeah. She's just like, mother of God. She goes, what else do you need? I go, every, all of it. Yeah. I need all of it now. Yeah. You know? And she's just like, oh. So I'm the kind of guy I research, right? I research everything. Oh, you got to. Who's who's this guy? What's he using? Yeah. Hit up Trevor Thompson on Instagram. Hey, do you want to blah, 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 blah. 
And uh, yeah, I, I built my bow from you know pretty much the ground up. That's I just, awesome, so man. I got this riser, this sight, these arrows, the whole thing, right? Um, and I just really fell in love with it, man. It's, yeah. it's I love shooting bows, and and then I started doing. I got into hunting last last year. Okay. So last year's my first season hunting, and uh, it was almost every morning that I went out to go hunt. Didn't get anything. Uh, saw a lot, but I are you in a it. stand? Or are you? Yeah, I was in a tree okay. stand. I have a customer who's got twenty eight acres out in Goodlettsville. Oh, okay. And he already has a stand up there. He's like, dude, you can use my stand. And I was like, oh my god. He's like, if you kill anything, give me give me a leg. I was like, absolutely, dude. <laughs> you got it. That sounds so weird and yet so cool. Yeah. Awesome. yeah I got a bow. and uh, What do you got? I can't even remember what it is. I was thinking about that on the way out here. Because like, it was a gift. Yeah. But it's killer. I love it, man. It's and, uh, do you shoot a lot? No. I shoot guns a whole lot more. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. We live way out in the country. Yeah. And I was on the road so much. And I mean, I got my lifetime carry permit and everything yeah. and did all the training and everything. And my wife said, I don't like guns. And I said, I get it. Yeah. That's, that's fine. You don't have to like it. Yeah. But sometimes I'm 2000 miles away yeah. and somebody comes into our home and you can either reach out and touch them with a nine mil or you can get raped and killed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's new carpet in the hallway or <laughs> whatever. I don't want to <laughs> New carpet in the hallway. <laughs> so we got her a, uh, she went to the class, yeah. took the written, did the shooting, but she didn't get her permit. She goes, I don't want to carry a gun. I, I just, I said, I don't want you to carry a gun if you don't want to. I yeah. just want you to know what to do with it. Absolutely. Know to operate the tool. Yeah. Here Absolutely. in the house. But, yeah. but where do you, so where do you shoot? Is there a range around here? Are you shooting out in the backyard at the house? Or? Uh, no, because my fiance won't let me shoot in the backyard. Okay. Um, but I'm pretty deadly at, at whatever yardage I need to be at. Uh, we, I'll tell you this real quick. We had some friends over. Um, and she, uh, she had her two boys, right? And mm -hmm. our kids were hanging out. Whatever. We're making s'mores, you know, just over the campfire doing our thing. Like you do. And the boys, they're young. They're like, I don't know, eight and twelve or something. And they go, Gage, I you know, my mom said I have a yeah, you have a bow. And I go, Yeah, let's go get it. <laughs> and Donna's like, No, don't, Gage. I'm like, Yeah, we'll be fine. Hold our kids. Right. Make sure they don't walk in front of me. He didn't so say, I, Gage, you've got a forty five. Yeah, let's go get it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And so I grab my target, a little styrofoam target, and mm. I walk. So I don't have a, I don't have a fence in my backyard. There's no oh. fence. It's like shared backyards, mm -hmm. right? Well, Miss Gloria is my neighbor, right? And she's, she's pretty much deaf. She can't really hear anything. But I love. We have coffee every morning together in the fall. Oh, nice. She's like wicked awesome lady, right? Yeah. She's super badass. And I go, well, you know, I bet Gloria, Miss Gloria's probably almost sleeping right now, so she's not going to care. So I grab my target and walk across the corner of her fence, walk back at my bow. It's compound bow. Mm -hmm. And the dudes were like, the kids were like, there's no way you can hit that. And I go, I bet you that's 50 yards. Cause I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a range, range finder, finder right now. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, just, I got two arrows. We have that one arrow. Fwink. Hit it. Yeah. You know, and, and my, my fiance has never seen me shoot. She says I'm gone all the time. Shoot my bow. And she's just like, are you Holy kidding crap. me? Like, did you really do that? And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I did. I'll do it again. Boom. Hit it again. And the boys were like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, buy a bow, boys. It's amazing. Yep. You know? So um, I live in Hendersonville. Okay. Right. 
uh, and that was actually the first and probably only time I'll ever shoot my backyard. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's an archery range. Okay. Um, like a, two miles from my house. So most time in the mornings, I'll go and I'll, I'll run the trail or um, not when it's hot out. I don't, I don't do running when it's this mm. hot out. It's terrible. Yes, uh, I don't but even... um, along the trail, there's different targets at different yardages. Oh, that's cool. So I just walk and shoot my bow and it's great, man. That's cool. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's killer. Well, there's the whole self-reliance and, and you know, sustainable food and everything mm-hmm. like that, yeah. you know? I mean, there's been years out by us uh, that deer have died from starvation. Really? Well, wouldn't you, and I know I'm on my hunting soapbox, but wouldn't you rather put a deer out of its misery instantly yeah. than watch it starve for two yeah, weeks? Yeah, watch it suffer. Yeah. No, that's not cool. No. And a lot of people who, who think that it's like, Oh, it's terrible. Listen, if you don't, if you can't make an ethical shot, yeah, then yeah, let the let the deer die let of starvation. It, yeah, but if you practice year round, yeah, like I practice, I don't feel bad about shooting a deer. Right. A, it's feeding my family. Yeah, and B, I mean, from nose to tail, you can use just Dude. about everything. The bone marrow is fantastic. You throw your bones <sighs> to the dogs. I mean, yeah. You know, liver, heart, like you can eat those things, yeah. you know, and then of course the meat, yeah. you know, and then you can save the pelt if you want to, you know, I mean, but all of it can go to something. It's, it's incredible. And there's a lot of different meats. Oh yeah. There's tons. Yeah. Do you hunt a lot with rifle? No, I'm just actually, the only hunting I've ever really done was shotguns and, oh, bir- really? and birds, but I bought a rifle this year Yeah, and, uh, it's a 1971 Remington 700 30-06. Oh, that's awesome, man. So, because my wife's family's from Mississippi. Okay. So we're gonna, I'm going to go down there. To their, they got a deer camp down there, and I just said, man, I just, same exact reasons. Yeah. I want a freezer full of jerky and steaks and everything yeah. else, man. And, and You got a Traeger? You make jerky on a Traeger? No, I don't. You gotta get a trigger. I would like one. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those. Am I gonna do that or you know, I could retube that amplifier. Yeah. It's okay. like that, or I can get a new AR fifteen. <laughs> yeah, some of, some of those amps actually make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, what's your what's your dream rig? What's what, or not dream what's what's the perfect rig to you? Guitar? Amp setup? Head? Like what is it? Yeah, you know, it's so funny because I always ask. If money was no object, what guitar would you buy? Yeah. And I've been so – it's funny you got Billy sitting there. I've been so blessed to own so many guitars over the years. Yeah. And now my taste is kind of up here. Yeah. So when Christmas time comes around, Amy goes, what do you want? And I go, all I still really want is a 59 last ball. Really? <laughs> and how much do those run for? Right now, I think they're anywhere, depending on the provenance or something, you know, it probably two fifty to three fifty. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> for for real? Yeah. I know Les Pauls can get that expensive. It's amazing to me. If you tried to buy his pearly gates, it'd probably be a million bucks. Really? Yeah. I could I mean, text he would, him for you. Would you? Yeah. Because I've got my checkbook on me. I love that. I don't know what that one is. I love that one. That's a special SG that they put a flying V headstock on for him. That Gibson did? Mm-hmm. 
I think that's Gibson. It might be John. Shoot, what's his name? JP. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would probably do something like that. Yeah, and I'd probably play it every. Like I'd play it in church. Yeah, I've got two friends that have those. Yeah, and they they play them down on Second Avenue, and they go, "Dude, aren't you scared of something happening?" He goes, "No, because nobody thinks it's real. Yeah, no one's wow. gonna steal it because yeah. they think it's a 2015 yeah. Gibson, which is a wonderful guitar." But yeah, I'd probably take something like that, and because our ha- my studio and stuff, I kind of have to be quiet. I have a fractal, okay, which has 350 amps in it or something. Yeah, and I'm just I'm never missing a, a tone yeah you know i can change amps i can grab a telly i can grab a strat i can grab a les paul i can grab and i'm never i'm never wanting for tone so i don't know what i would do if i got an amp i'd probably find some old plexi marshall for 15 grand or something really when i was growing up like in the metal world it's like if you had a 5150 oh dude your band was heavy yeah like all the like now everyone does like the straight like plug-in things. Fractals and Kempers. Yeah, Kempers. Yeah, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which sound amazing. Absolutely. When they first came out, it was like, ah. Uh, but now it's like dialed in and it's like, it is legit. Dude, there's there's so many guitar techs that are praying their gig doesn't end because it only takes 15 minutes to set the rig up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it used to be. Or what was the other PV? 6505? The 6505, yeah. That was a real heavy yeah. amp for a long time. Yeah, and then... A lot of dudes a lot of boogies. playing. What's that? A lot of boogies. Yeah, it makes a boogie for sure. And then a lot of dudes start playing orange. Yeah. Our guitar player, uh, they both started playing orange stacks. Yeah. And it was like, where did orange come from? I mean, because I don't really. Sure. I don't really play guitar very often. So when I saw, I was seeing like all these orange stacks. And then he had an orange. He sold the orange head, had the cab, mm-hmm. hit a, the, the 4x12 like mm-hmm. stack, right? Whatever. And then he had a soft tech head. Oh yeah, soft tech like tube head, and then and then he started <laughs> listening to bands like Sun and like all these other crazy bands were just like, what the hell? And it's just yeah. like this doom, yeah, like, I can't chug rock. I can't do that. I can't either. <laughs> but it's just like slow, right. riffy, no words. And yeah, it's just like oh, this trance is like, music or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it's just so heavy, right? It's like this under. It's like this weird subgenre, yeah. you know. But the cool thing to me is. With the fractal, is you literally can put a pedal board, a fractal pedal board, mm-hmm. and a couple of cables, and a guitar and a gig bag, and you can fly anywhere in the world, and you're ready to go in yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. And if a tube goes down, you don't have to chase that tube. You don't have to find a tech in, you know, yeah. Louisiana. I don't know where a guitar tech is in New Orleans. I don't have any. I'm sure there are some. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's, 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 I kind of got to the place where I just, I told Amy, I go, there's just really nothing we can afford that I still want. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean I'm not going to buy something. (laughs) The money must be spent. (laughs) You know, it's just sitting there smiling at it. It's like, "Mm." yeah. Do you want to do my lightning round? Yeah. Hell yeah. This is basically, I'm just going to blast a question. You give me top of your head. Well, I didn't tell you my dream guitar. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. It's a Gibson Hummingbird. Oh, okay, cool. Or or any or any gold top Les Paul. Yeah, I don't care. I, still I don't want care what year. I don't care if it's a Les Paul Studio, and I don't really play guitar at all. Yeah, but I love to like get my buddies' guitars and just like make it sound really heavy and just mess around. I'm like, man, any Les Paul at all? I don't care. 
I still want a, a gold top. They're cool, man. Because I've got a couple, two or three vintage things, but yeah, they're very cool. Uh, dude, I also love those. Uh, I love the Jag Stangs, too. Oh, yeah. Kurtz. I'm a huge Nirvana fan. Okay. I'm a huge Nirvana fan. So, like, the Jag Stangs. I yeah. almost bought one, too. Why didn't you? I just, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't. I was like, mm, I'm okay. So, why the Hummingbird? I think they're beautiful. And uh, so, growing up, George Strait was, like, my favorite. Yeah. And uh, in pure country. Oh, dude. He's just like, oh, man, I used to play every song with this old dove. It's a Gibson <laughs> Hummingbird. And then I was like, yeah, I need a hummingbird. Well, a, a dove is a dove, though. I don't, I, but like, I think you played a hummingbird. Yeah, but they're two that. different guitars. Are they? Yeah. Well, shit, I want both of them. <laughs> Absolutely. I want both the bird Gibson. Give me both Gibson bird guitars. <laughs> I just found an, a uh, 1964 Gibson Country Western. No way. That I freaking love. So I'd kind of been, because I'm a 64. Okay. So I was always kind and a buddy of mine had one, and I just loved it. And there was always that mid-range thud tone mm-hmm. that I just didn't have. Yeah. And finally, Amy got tired of me talking about it. She said, just buy one. Just buy one. Just so get it. Yeah. About three years later, I found one. I met Vince Gill one time, right? He's got a guitar, too, doesn't he? And he got a couple. Yeah. And it was funny was <laughs> I had just watched that video on YouTube where he's like opening the drawers. The drawers? Yeah. And like, he's like, this is my old Martin and this one my wife got me, you know, uh, Amy Grant. Is that his wife? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Amy got me this one for Christmas last year, blah, blah. And he just opened these drawers and you're like, oh my God. Well, this was like the flood happened, right? Or something. And, or no, no, this was, the, the video was after the flood because yeah. he had talked about the flood. And so anyways, probably three days later after I watched that video, I saw him in person. We're at this event together and we're kind of standing there and he's just like, hey man, you were that guy who's up on the sea, like the screen, their shirt off singing, right? And I was just like, yeah, that was me, you know? And he's just like, that's cool, man. Well, what's your band called? Like blah, blah, blah. And I go, hey, I just watched that video of all your guitars. And he's just like, oh yeah, man, cool. And I just go, I go, how bad did that suck? Walk into that room, finding your guitar is just ruined. He just goes, there's not very many things that made me that sad that day. He's like, I think one was like, I don't know, he said like when his mom or dad died or something like that. He's like, that's like the closest thing. He's like, but I mean, he's like, dude, it's just, he's like, a lot of those guitars are priceless. Yeah. Because there's some more gifts from people who, who died. and One that he lost was the first guitar his dad ever gave him. Oh, no way. Yeah. And he said it wasn't worth a lot yeah. monetarily, but yeah. in his heart. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. It's like, I couldn't imagine. I still can't believe we haven't heard stories from Chattanooga or something about a 58 Strat floating down the river. Have not heard one story. I don't know where all those guitars went because they're gone, son. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sad. So sad. Really good friend of mine is uh, Ricky Medlock from Leonard Skinner and their stuff got ripped out of the warehouse down here. Oh, well, and someone broke in? No, I'm sorry, during the flood. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. And he was in town, so we were having dinner, and he was showing me a bunch of stuff. And he said, man, you know what? We There was always this silver road case that we never used. Like when we would load in, it'd go to that side of the warehouse and we'd load out, we'd throw it back yeah. to this side. And he said, for years, nobody ever looked in that warehouse, in that road case. He said, our production guy 
rented a semi after they were letting him go back down there, mm-hmm. and he was just going to save everything he could. And he saw that case, and he opened it up, and inside of it were Ronnie Van Zant's hats and boots and Alan Collins' pants and stuff. And because they were, they had passed away. Nobody ever Nobody looked at that. And he said, "There's about three feet of water in there, and all they could do is throw it away." Oh, it's like all this rock and roll history that should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, yeah. or at least at their house. Yeah, was, was gone. Oh, what a bummer, man! It's crazy to hear stories like that. Yeah, man. isn't that wild? Oh man, it's a, and and think about how much history like that is in this city, dude. Oh, dude. That's what I love. Yeah. It's, you know. You could go into anybody's basement and see something like, what the what? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, we were in, um, I was meeting this this company, right? They were like, hey, uh, they got some stuff going on in Houston, Wedgwood. Wedgwood, Houston, whatever, that mm-hmm. whole area. And they're showing me this building. They're like, hey, we're thinking hats right here, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I'm talking to a lady, and I look, and I just go, "Who, who's, who's platinum records are these right here? And there's one for Alabama, and there's a gold record for Mark Chestnut, and you know, and I just go, and I go, who's, who's, who's are these? This is what I want to know. And she's like, oh, I, I pulled these out of my office. These are my dad. My dad wrote these songs for these dudes, and I can't remember his name, but he was a big, hmm. like he was like the '90s hit writer yeah right like for i got pictures on my phone i'll show you uh and i so you can see his name you might know who he was but i was like this is just sitting here in this empty room yeah and granted she told me she was moving her office or whatever but there was some dust on it right it'd been sitting there for for a little while but um another story like that yeah i gotta tell you because you'll you'll freak uh, my friend has a nonprofit. They're shooting this promo video for their nonprofit at this lady's house, right? And I was kind of helping out, hanging out. And I walk upstairs, and uh, there's a Gibson just sitting there, right? <clears throat> and clear coat's kind of rough on it. And I go, that's an, that's an old Gibson. Like, what is this? And I walk over, and I pick it up, and I'm looking at it. And it was uh, what's like the main? What's like their the big acoustic guitar they make? Not the not the SJ two hundred, but like the J forty five. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, so don't quote me. But I think it was like an it was a nineteen sixty something. Okay, J it, it could have been a J forty five or whatever that model was. Yeah. back in the sixties, right? It was that guitar, and it was beautiful. And I pick it up. And I'm like, oh my god! And it was leaning in the corner of the room, like in her kid's playroom. And I pick <laughs> it up and I, I carry it downstairs. I go, whose guitar is this? And she goes, oh, that's my dad's old guitar. It's just an old piece, an old junker that the kids, you know, play with. I go, this guitar is probably worth thousands yeah. of dollars. And she goes, you're, what? you're kidding me. And she, I go, no, no, I'm serious. This is like worth like a lot of money. I go, you should take this somewhere and have them clean it and restring yeah. it. And, and you should preserve this and give it to your kids a little bit older. I'm like, this is a beautiful gift. She goes, well, hang on a second. Goes to a room, comes back and has like a 1960 SG, dude. Like an old killer SG, like the cherry red, yeah. black, you know, like the black pit guard. She goes, well, how much do you think this one's worth? And I go, so much. Like, 
where are you getting these guitars? And then she had like a strat she pulled out. And I was like, who was your dad? And she just goes, oh, he's a lawyer. Yeah. He just, he just liked guitars. He's like guitars. He's just, he's just a collector, right? And she goes, yeah, he used to just sit in the living room. Was never had, like didn't have an amp. He would just play his electric guitars just sitting in his chair. Probably bought it new or yeah. almost new in 75. He's the second owner. He paid 250 bucks for it. Exactly. Own. Right. Isn't that amazing? There's just history like that all over this state. Which is so freaking cool to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love it, dude. It's like that, that hat. That's my grandfather's hat. Really? It's his custom hat. Yeah, it was made in Oklahoma. I was going to ask you if you had any cool old hats. Yeah, and my grandmother sent me that like four months ago. She's like, hey, here's your grandpa's old hat. I'm like, oh my God, I've never cleaned it. I mean, I've cleaned it, brushed it off. Yeah. It just sits in the elk antler right there, and that's it. And it's just... It's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like one day I hope it's worth something, you know? I mean, well, it's, it's, it, to me, it's priceless. Absolutely. Right? It's like that guitar that Vince Gill's dad gave him. And if know, nothing else, it's like you're carrying the that hat story further down the road. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, that's how long they last, right? Yeah. That's my grandfather's hat. <laughs> so, so that's probably not a $1,200 wool cowboy hat. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? Yeah. Lightning round? Yep. Okay, so I'm just saying whatever comes to the top of my head. Yep. Okay. What's your favorite book? Uh, hang on. Um, it's going to be Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray. Dang. You a bath or a shower guy? Shower. What's the last gift you gave someone? I got my fiance flowers. Nice. Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. Questionable. I go back and forth. If you were hunting Bigfoot, would it be with a bow? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, going back to your dad, mm-hmm. what's the first concert you saw? How old were you and did you get a t-shirt? Yeah, I was uh, probably, oh God, how old was I? I had to be 12 okay. or 13. And I saw Audio Adrenaline and Phono, this killer band from England that I still listen to today that still rocks, actually. is very good. Dang. And uh, I saw them at um, Church of the Rock in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I knew. I was like, okay, I'm going to do music. Did you get a shirt? I got a Phono t-shirt, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was cool. What song do you wish you would have written or sang on? Oh... No, that's a hard one. God, hang on. I'm going to need a minute for that one, man. That's a great <laughs> question. Wow. That is a great question. Um, simple song by Chris Stapleton. I wish I wrote that song. Nice. Nice. If you were cremated, where would you want your ashes spread? Oh, dude, way ahead of you, brother. I've already told my fiance, cremate me, put my ashes in my boots, throw them out on the freeway in the desert somewhere. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I always wanted mine spread right in front of Bruce Dickinson at an Iron Maiden show. Yeah, so I got to go pretty quick. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He's getting up there, dude. Watch up out. There. Cancer and everything else. What would you be doing if you weren't doing this? Working for Black Rifle Coffee. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Living in the mountains. What are you listening to for fun these days? Um, Jordan Critz. Who's uh, he does a lot of uh, placement kind of music. Um, it's all instrumental. Okay. And I start my day off with that. I listen to a lot of that. 
And then today, I listened to um, Nodes of Ranvier, who came out. Their record, I got to pull it up so I can tell you what the record's called. I've been listening to it. It came out when I was 13 years old. Uh, it is... Okay, Nodes of Ranvier. Okay, it's just called Nodes of Ranvier. It came out in 2003. Okay. And then I've been listening to the Crazy Heart soundtrack. Oh, man, yeah. And then uh, I found this girl named Morgan Wade. Yeah. You heard of her? Mm-hmm. Her record, Reckless. I've been listening to a lot of that. So, yeah, those three, those four have been my, my top cool. uh, for the last several weeks. Awesome. Well, what's, what's next, man? Just more hats? Um, yeah, more hats, more bows, more bows. Yeah. Veteran project. Um, yeah. Operation heavy lies the crown. Very excited about that. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've got some more cool t-shirts coming out that I'm excited about. Nice. I'm about to drop one dude's hat later this month and post that one. And, uh, that'll be really cool. Awesome. That one's going to be kind of like a. I've been working on it for a long time. A statement piece? Yeah, it's a game changer for sure. You know, <laughs> If you didn't notice me then, you're about to notice me now, baby boy. <laughs> How do you keep it on fire? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So what are your socials? Where can people find you? Yeah, um, just Daisy May Hatco on, awesome. on everything, man. Yeah. Um, and then mine's just Gage Spees. You know, I'm pretty boring. My personal one, though. Dude. Um but uh, I am playing my last show ever, July 24th at the end, here in town. How do you know it's going to be your last show ever? Because I told my band it's my last show ever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when is it? July 24th? Yeah, July 24th at the end. Yeah. My band is Speak of Wolves. Yeah. All right. There might be a fat kid screaming at the front row. Come on, saying. dude. Come on down. Let's get wild. It's going to be <laughs> awesome, man. <laughs> What's next for you? Um... I've been doing a lot of writing on my own, which yeah. I never used to do, and uh, still just kind of figuring out what's next. Yeah. Because I really don't know. I've been, yeah. you know. I'll tell you what, man, if there was ever a couple that was made for a pandemic, it was me and Amy. Yeah. It's like, dude, so you're saying I can sit home with my wife and my dogs? Yeah. Like all the time? <laughs> yeah, okay. I love it. Yeah. I got to wear a mask to the grocery store? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, okay, cool. But I'm going to keep these sunglasses on, too. No one knows who I am. I Absolutely. love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, pandemic was an introvert's dream. Oh, my gosh. Because, you know, we spent so many years on the road, and it, it's just, I mean, at one time, not like you guys, but my most, I think, was 242, yeah. 242 days in a year. Yeah. It's like, it's just a little, you know, you grow old, and you don't even know why. Yeah, when I came up from tour, I used to have to, like, just take a day. Yeah. I'd get home at, like, who knows what time. Sometimes middle of the day, sometimes middle of the night, right? Yeah. I'd just take a shower and get in bed, and I would sleep for, like, a full 24 hours. Yeah. And I would not, I wouldn't hang out with anybody for, like, three or four days. I didn't want to see anyone. Yeah. I'd just be in bed, man. Because you just, you're around people. That's exactly 24/7, right. 24-7, you have zero privacy. You can't get away from them. No. Ever. And everybody wants to talk to you. Yeah. Right? Everyone. And it's amazing. But you're like, dude. Because their brain is such a maze. Yeah. 
<laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you, man. It was this so awesome. much fun, man. I loved it, dude. This is we had to do it again. You got to come on my podcast. Absolutely. We'll do it. Yeah, awesome. It up. All Thanks, right, Cage. Yeah.